There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's episode number 35 of Side Hustlers. I'm Carla Marie. Thanks for being here. I'm pumped for this episode because I finally found some guys to be on this podcast. They are the creators of Ombra Sunglasses, and they launched their entire company with a crowdfunding campaign. They are the first people on this podcast to do that, so we're going to get that whole story from them. Don't forget, this Friday, I'm going to be at a lair in West Seattle doing a shopping event from 7 to 9 p.m. That is December 7th. Come hang out. We've got 20% off the entire store. And if you go to thecarlamarie.com, you can check out my Side Hustlers gift guide. It is a gift guide of everyone who has been on my podcast this year. For a lot of people, you know, why are you waiting? You know what you want to do. This is something you want to do. Get up your butt and do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Come on, ask about me. Yo, yo, it's the Side Hustlers Podcast with Carla Marie. Yes, I'm so excited to be in studio today with Jensen and Nikolai. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi, we're great. <laughs> Doing well. Thanks, Thanks for, for having us. If you, oh, that was Jinx. weird. Did you guys plan that? Yeah, Jinx. We were Did in the car lot. practicing before this. <laughs> well, no, you weren't because someone had parking problems. Oh, uh, yeah. It happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's so many things I want to talk about. First of all, I'm going to make you guys say the name of your company first so I don't mess it up. Okay, so we're going to have a lesson on how I say this. So go. Somebody teach me. Ombras. 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 Sunglasses. Ombras sunglasses. Got that part. Yeah, we go. Ombras. Ombra means shade in Italian. Okay. So uh, that's kind of a pivotal part of our company is the shade aspect. Yeah. We plant 20 trees for every pair we sell, and we uh, provide you with shade for your eyes. So that's kind of where that comes Aha, from. Aha, I yeah. see what you did there. And the Z is just for fun or? 
because we could trademark it. Well, Very smart. And when you talk about sunglasses, you say sunglasses, whereas ombra sunglasses would be, it okay. kind of flows a little bit better. So, so it's ombras. Yeah, sounds kind of plural. So if you want to check them out during the podcast, it's ombra sunglasses on Instagram or ombras.com. They're not just your average sunglasses. So let's talk a little bit, I have them in my hand, a little bit about the whole idea of them. It's not your standard sunglasses with arms that dig into the side of your head or fall off of your face. They've got a strap that is made out of what would this be called? It's a poly, but it's we like to refer to it as a cord. Because okay. when you think cord. of strap, you think of something that's like strapped to your face. Definitely not strapped to Definitely your face. Definitely not strapped to your face. So I guess we'll go back a little bit. Sunglasses, like you said, were just kind of, was kind of a frustrating thing. As many people have experienced, like they fall off, they hurt the side of your head, and they, they break super easy, right? Yeah. And they're expensive. And they're expensive. And so you end up yes. spending a lot of money because you break and lose your sunglasses all the time. Yeah. And that's what happened uh, to me. I was on an expedition and in India, someone sat on my sunglasses and the sidearms broke off. And so I tied this piece of twine to the broken hinges and uh, just put them right back on my face. And they worked really well for the rest of the trip. And I couldn't believe how well they just kind of sat there. They just kind of floated on my face. Now, what year was this when this This happened? was uh, 20, 2012. Okay. Yeah. And so that twine, because it was just like a piece of string, was replaced with a leather cord, still like just a half knot tied mm-hmm. to the hinges. And I wore them like that for four or five years, one pair of sunglasses. Four or five years? Yeah. No one, way. I never, it's unheard I'm ne- of. I can't even yeah. keep my wallet for more than two weeks. No. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Because then you could always just wear it around your neck or... Throw just, it in my... Yeah. My favorite is just throw it in your back pocket. You just throw... Yeah. It's a flat frame, right? When you remove the sidearms, it becomes just this flat piece of plastic. Yeah, if you think about all the traditional problems caused by, you know, experience with sunglasses, it's all through the hinges, screws, and the sidearms. Oh, if you look at the eyeglasses I have right here, look at the, how they are, how yeah, wide they, they are. Yeah, they get wonky. You throw them in your purse yeah. and they get all bent and you put them on and then they're sideways on your face. Screws so, come loose. Yeah, ex- oh, trust me, I've done yeah. a, uh, It never ends. <laughs> you want to see a test pair? Send it to me. I'll be your test dummy. If oh, they survive that's your me, pair. That's what? for you. These yeah. are mine? Yeah. Okay. I will, I will do everything I can to break them. <laughs> I bet you I won't, though. So I've seen the video you guys launched. So you did an Indiegogo campaign. Am I saying that right? Yeah. I, okay, yeah. good. So you did one of those, and you're the first people that I've had on this podcast who have done one of those or successfully done one of those. And it freaking kicked ass. What was your original goal? Original goal was we knew we had to raise a minimum of $80,000 to get off the ground. And we knew if, if we hit the 80 number, it would still be really difficult. Like we'd still be really yeah. slim and it would be, uh, we'd probably need to raise additional money. So we set 80 as kind of our internal goal, but the external goal, you always want to make it attainable. Okay. Because uh, you want to kill it on your first day when you launch. So that the algorithms pick you up and, and oh, wow. make you look super popular and bring you to the top of the page. So we set our goal at 20 or 25,000? Yeah, I think it was 20. 20,000. We hit that goal in like eight hours. So we had a really good first day. Eight hours. Yeah. So what was your, it was $102,000 was your, what was your our final? Our final was 160. 160? Yeah. What? Oh, because when I watched the, did you guys raise money? After you've been on the air. So you guys went on King 5, our local NBC station here in Washington, earlier this year. Was it April? Yeah, it was April. So you raised that much more money afterwards. We only had four days left in our (gasps) campaign when we went on King King 5 News. And... Yeah, that that appearance boosted our campaign a lot, and we also had you know the last few days of the campaign. You kind of drum up excitement, of course. So yeah. that helped a lot. It's real because everyone wants to be a part of it, and if it's something they think is like, okay, this is going to be awesome. Not only do I want it for myself, but I want to say 
I was a part of helping that that launch. So what made you guys say, let's do an Indiegogo campaign? I mean, what were your other options for launching a small business at that time? Which, what year was this when you decided, let's do this? This was just this last April. <laughs> yeah. Like nine Wait. months ago. Oh my God, that I did not like, realize that. Was, that. Yeah, it was like seven, six, seven, seven six months, months ago. So yeah. 2012, you could say like the original kind of idea, the first time you held what would eventually be these sunglasses started. And in 2018 is when you really made it come to life. Yeah, pretty much. We kind of, so we knew we wanted to crowdfund our launch just because then you don't have to give up equity. And it's kind of an easy way to test the concept and, and test the market and see if there's actual demand for it. And uh, we'd gotten a lot of feedback. That's kind of like why we initially, from the from the pair that originated in India yeah. with this cord, came to be. Because so many people came up to me and were like, "Who makes these? Like, what are these? No way. I want a pair." And uh, and people would literally come up off the street, like people we didn't know at all, and they'd come up to Jensen and be like, "What are those?" That's what I did. We went to college together, and I remember seeing him rocking these around <laughs> his neck at a party, and I was like, "What are these things?" Is that? Don't even tell me. That's what made you guys meet. The sunglasses. No, oh, no. I was going to say, this is unbelievable. You're lying to me. <laughs> no, we uh, we both ended up going to a small liberal arts school in Southern California called University of Redlands. Okay. And it was a it was a small school, like I said, like 2,500 kids, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so super small, tight-knit community. Jensen and I got to know each other. We were both uh, played sports and had a similar group of friends. So we've been friends for a long time. And But as soon as I saw those, I was like, dude, you need to do something about this. Yeah. Like, it's a really sick idea. Are you both from Washington? I'm from Bellevue. I went to Bellevue. High. So you're, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So you're right here, Nikolai. I'm, I'm kind of a nomad. I was born and raised in Russia. And when I was eight years old, my mom got a scholarship to get her master's degree at the, in the U.S. here. And so we moved over to the East Coast and I've been, been here ever since. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. And it's so crazy that you guys met in college and now here you are. You just launched the company together this year. But let's go back to what you were doing before, because this also isn't technically your first side hustle. You guys launched another company together and you had other jobs, which to anyone listening who's like, oh, I'm too busy at work. Yeah, these guys are going to basically tell you to sit down and shut up with all the stuff that they've done. So Jensen, let's talk about what your regular day job was before you guys even started side hustling together. Uh, So I was a project manager for a green roof company. Uh, in Bellevue. And then I also was like a kind of regional sales uh, marketer for this other live roof company. So that was kind of my thing, my jam. I loved vegetated roofs and like vegetated roof systems. So to people who really aren't on this side of the country, I don't even know that they know what that is. So let's explain a little bit about what a green roof is. So it's basically a building with a flat roof or mostly flat. And it's just like vegetation, like soil with plants on top of it. And so, yeah, it's, they're pretty big here in in Seattle and and uh, along the West Coast in Chicago too. And I just love them. There's so many benefits of green roofs, from you know energy savings to like your roof, the longevity of your roof is like tripled. And so there's an actual return on investment for green roofs. And so I, I studied environmental business in school, and that's kind of. I was always just super infatuated with like a roof with a, like a living system on top of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really know it was a thing until I moved out to the West Coast because in New Jersey you really don't have those. And it's it really is crazy, but you also launched your own roofing company from that? Yeah, I did kind of like <laughs> it's, uh, it's like residential roofs. I'd ha- I just had a little website. And, a little side hustle. If you yeah. <laughs> and so while I was doing that, like customers would come by and they'd want a roof and our system would be super, it was pretty expensive. And then, you know, I would ask my employer and be like, hey, like they they chose to not go with this. It was expensive. Do you mind if 
I like do my own like drain rat system, which is a wow. kind of system for them. And they would, you know, give me the okay or not. And I would go approach them and be like, hey, I can offer you this roof at a much lower cost. That's cool. Yeah. So you were doing that. Now, Nikolai, where were you doing while he was doing this? I moved over here to Seattle originally for, uh, for Amazon. I started As most working. people do. Yeah. <laughs> Except for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I started working there in the toys department and really had no plans in my in my previous careers to go work in toys. So this was kind of just like popped up. Yeah, we just, I started working there as a brand specialist, got promoted to, to be a buyer, and I, I ran the dolls category. Actually, it is so Amazon. like, I guess when I'm shopping on Amazon, I don't really think that there is someone picking those things, let alone the dolls category. And I'm assuming, like you said, you had no previous experience of dolls. I yeah, guess. that was Nikolai. Yeah, that, <laughs> if you bought a Barbie on Amazon from like 2016 to 2017, <laughs> it probably was bought, purchased by me initially, which is, is pretty funny to it, think yeah, about. Yeah, it is wild that you, well, how old are you? Uh, I'm 27 right so now. So you were a 26-year-old male picking the Barbies that <laughs> eight and six-year-old girls were going to have for their birthdays. It is so random to think about. Yeah, totally. Uh, but it was it was a really colorful job. It was super fun. It was a, exposed me to a world I never really knew about. It was more stimulating than like if I were selling light bulbs or like doorknobs at Amazon or something. I, you know? Yeah, it's, I would assume it's that. It's pretty fun. Yeah, it is more fun. So- I would also guess that the things that you guys learned at your original day jobs then kind of came back around to help you create Ombras as well. Yeah, so before we came to start working on Ombras, Nikolai and I teamed up with another friend of ours from school to actually work on kind of these unconventional offsites for uh, corporate retreats. So this company was called This Re- was Reboot. Yeah, okay. exactly. And Reboot so, Workation. Reboot Which, Workation. I want you to explain what this is, but I know you've talked about bringing it back and I love it and I I think it needs to come back. I'm taking the whole iHeart fam. We're totally going to do one of these. So explain to everyone what it is cuz it's a genius idea. Um yeah, so we basically <laughs> would take like a we found like luxury real estate properties in really beautiful locations. Like our first location was up in Deception Pass, up in Woodby Island on this big compound. And we would outfit it with workspace and, you know, like desks and screens and projectors and bring up like a corporate team, like an executive team, so they could get work done during the day and then step outside and walk on the beach or go kayaking or go fishing. or And then we kind of immersed like culinary aspects. So we had like a chef on site who would teach you know how to we had this big Ar- argentinian grill and we'd like teach you how to smoke different meats or oh, yeah. spice it was all very, meats. yeah it was like very experiential yeah. very hands-on so you would actually learn how to like mix grind spices and mix them and then everyone would kind of create their own custom spice based on you know how hot they wanted so- something or how mild and and they would spice their own stuff cook it and we'd kind of give this whole culinary hands-on experience well, that took you out of your your own comfort zone out of the box and exactly. allowed you to be creative and it's team building obviously too stuff that you would never get to do with your coworkers, your bosses like who would have thought you'd be making your own spices with your boss like but no one ever we like to keep it kind of like an organic like experiential kind of team building where we weren't like all right we're gonna go do a team building exercise right. we're gonna blindfold everyone and walk you down the cliff <laughs> like no it wasn't no. like that like this just kind of it was like we wanted people to feel comfortable in a home like it was their own home we just opened it up you know they could open the fridge it was stocked with whatever they want and they could just kind of be at home with their team for like three or four days and get some real work done and just connect over a fire at the end of the day so when did you guys or when and why did you decide okay let's Put a break on Reboot and really let's make these sunglasses. When I initially saw these sunglasses in college, I was like, Jensen, you need to do something about this. And then fast forward. So that's kind of where we had started having that conversation early on. And then 
when we started seeing each other every day and working on Reboot together, that conversation kind of was brought up again because he was still wearing his same sunglasses <laughs> from like six years Wait, ago. Do you still have them? Like, uh, are they like frames? I, I somewhere? should have brought them. But I, you own them, right? I own them. Okay, Actually, good. I don't have them on my person. We sent them to China to be replicated as our first frame. So this frame okay. that we have, our first frame was the actual frame that was the first yeah. pair. Yeah, so it's, it's crazy. Yeah, the, the style is the exact same. Oh my God, you have to get them back. They need I to will, go in yeah. like the museum of <laughs> the one day. Museum. Yeah, the yeah. Museum. Right next to the one that was steamrolled in our in our crowdfunding yes. video. So was Reboot was your side hustle to your regular day jobs at yes. the time, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then as we were working on that every day, we kind of started talking about the glasses again. And for Reboot, we went down on a trip to Nicaragua and right away people started you know, coming up to Jensen asking about his sunglasses. <laughs> and I think right then we started talking about it again and being like, you need to do something. Like, Just it's like, been too many people who've come look up Look at each years. other yeah. as it's happening. Like, oh, fine, okay, we got to do this. So what was that first step, though, to really launching Ombras? The, I think when Ombras actually took off, well, it wasn't called Ombras at that point, but it was, we just, I went into this little boutique eyewear shop in Fremont called Eyes on Fremont. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, nice. And so my girlfriend, she loved the sunglasses too, and she was wearing them one day, sat them down, and they actually got sat on. And they didn't break. This is like the original pair. It didn't break. It was on a rock in Oregon. They were glass lenses, and the lens shattered. And so I just took in, I untied the the cord and took them into Eyes on Fremont to get new lenses put in them. And the owner came out and he's like, what's going on, dude? Why do you want to spend $40 to put lenses in this broken pair of of frames? Like, I don't get what you're doing. And I was like, oh, no, don't worry about it. Like, it's all good. Because I was was skeptical at the time. I didn't want to, like, I didn't want anyone to know my idea, especially someone who was already in the industry. Then I, I, he kind of kept prying and I looked around and their slogan uh, of their, of the, the boutique shop is fight evil. And so I was like, all right, this guy is probably a good guy. Like I probably don't have yeah. to. And so uh, I told him and he's like, all right, you know what? Like come down with me. And he took me downstairs into <gasps> their office and was like, show me what you got. And so I showed it to him t- and we talked to it and he's like, dude, this is a really cool idea. He's like, I've never seen anything like this. I'm going to hook you up with my frame manufacturer in China and he'll get you a prototype so you can start working on this. And at that point, we didn't know how to attach the the cord to the frame or anything like that. So that was kind of the next step oh, was yeah, figuring out how we can pass that cord or get that cord attached to the frame. But it's so crazy to me that you ended up in that store because your glasses broke. Like, it's just yeah. how things work. And I've learned from hearing everyone's stories are just mind boggling to me. Like, it's freaky. And this guy, like, you decided you were going to trust him. And then he shows you all of this stuff. And then that's how you got in touch with the, ma- it was the manufacturing. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, so Nate's, crazy. Nate's proven to be like a pivotal and critical piece of this puzzle the the owner of eyes on fremont he's awesome he's kind of like our mentor and we've offered him a spot on our board of directors when cool. when that is a thing um, yeah, just about any any critical decisions we make we bounce off him first yeah he's like can a, he sell them in store will he sell them yeah in store? He, yeah he'll have them in store uh for december he actually told us the other day he wants to bring in a few pairs that's so cool yeah so you do that you meet nate and then what was your next step? You go to Nikolai, like, all right, we got to really do this. So, yeah, no, Nikolai and I were kind of, we were still working like, on Reboot, and I was kind of doing this on the side. And then I've realized, like, Nikolai just had so much great experience in e-commerce. And um, as a, as that buyer, Nikolai is just a brilliant kid all around. We built that trust of working together through Reboot. Of course. And that's where we really got to know each other's strengths and weaknesses, and we saw how much how well we complemented each other's strengths and weaknesses. That's kind of where that relationship was built at first. So 
when Jensen decided that I'm going to take these sunglasses seriously, we had already had that working relationship intact. And he was like, okay, I can trust this guy. I know his capabilities. I know what his skills are. And uh, we're really going to complement each other doing this together. When I was reading the little bullets you guys sent over, I literally was like, oh my God, they work so well together. And then the next line that you wrote was "We what you just said. <laughs> and I was like, it's so cool to see how people can come together and you both bring two completely different things to the table and you've created something completely different that is no one's ever seen before that is going to help a lot of people that people are going to love. And it's going to be, I mean, you could completely revolutionize the sunglass industry with these. You realize that, right? That's the hope. That's okay. the goal. <laughs> I'm hoping for it too. We're going to make it happen. So when you guys decided to launch it, was it immediately crowdfund or how do we do like what kind of research did you do for that? Yeah, we'd been doing a bunch of research. Crowdfunding, we had some friends who'd crowdfunded. Um, I had some like kind of mutual friends who knew the guys who started Movement and the watch company and they yep. had originally crowdfunded. And it just seemed like the easiest way to get capital, test the market and not have to give away equity. And that's ultimately what you want to do when you launch, right? And so... We were going to launch on Kickstarter because everyone knows Kickstarter, right. what Kickstarter is. And it's Indiegogo's, like the household yeah, name. It's like tissue or Kleenex for <laughs> Kleenex. tissue, right? Or like if you're going to get an, an Uber, like, you're like, I'm going to get an Uber and you, then you call a Lyft. It's yeah. just kind of a thing. Same so thing. Like, yeah. So we we built everything out for Kickstarter. We worked on this video. This video, our video took us, oh man. Four months. Four months. So like you have hours. to have a video. You have order. to have a video. And we just. I mean, you don't I, have to. You don't have it's to. It's how people consume like a, information a, these a, days. Yeah. And if a campaign's going to do well, they they got to have a good video. Yeah, plus you want to actually see the product kind of moving around opposed exactly. to just a picture. And so, you know, we watched hundreds of Kickstarter videos and everyone does the same thing. It's like the founder in front of his whiteboard Ugh. in his office, like telling you like about it, why they need the money. And we're like, this is boring. Everyone's done this. We Where we can people see your video right now? You can actually, you can just YouTube Ombras. O-M-B-R-A-Z. And I think the first video that comes up is our crowdfunding video. Okay, because that video is wild. So the premise of the vi the part of the video where I saw is two guys are on a trip. The one guy falls off the side of a cliff and his friend tries to save him. But the sun gets in his eyes after his sunglasses fall off his head and he drops his friend and his friend dies. And I was like, oh, my God. Tell me this is how this sunglass company started. Like, that's the first thing I thought. One of your friends died while you guys were on a trip and you decided to create this company. I'm like, this podcast is going to take a turn today. Yeah. And then I realized it was just your marketing ploy and it worked. It was a fictional story. You got me. But it, it, were you hearing from a lot of people like, oh my God, this video is amazing. Were people responding to that? Yeah, they were. Like, I had people who like we hadn't talked to in years be like, dude, that was the best crowdfunding video I've yeah. ever seen. Like, it's so yeah. good. Yeah, it was it was cool. It was really fun. We had, our t pursuit films was the the guys that we worked with on it, and they were just super professional. Like they did an awesome job. And like the main character of the video isn't even Nikolai and I. It was one of my friends yeah. from high school, and he'd never been. He's not an actor. He hadn't done anything. <laughs> and I was like, we were just. I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? Who would be great in this? Would be Nico. And so we. He didn't even know what was what was going on. He didn't even read the he script. He didn't read the until script until we hike. hiked up the mountain and we're like, "All right, dude, like the first shot." And he's like, "What?" The? He had no idea. What? Yeah. Well, and he gets punched in the face in the video, right? Something oh, else. Yeah. What else happens? He gets to him? A kick to the soccer ball in the face. Yeah, he yeah. was a trooper. Yeah. So you guys were kind of showing that. Are these? Can you legally say that these are indestructible? Uh, I mean, that's how we like to, I mean, I don't know about legally. <laughs> I, I, mean, I wouldn't say they're indestructible, they're but they're, but they're, you know, sunglasses are, they break in certain areas consistently and we've eliminated those, those things. Exactly. You know, yeah. Really, they're super flat. So nothing folds down, nothing, there's no points of tension. I want to try to bend them, but I'm scared. 
Uh, I don't want to like see that. You that is their, them in the video. You steamroll them, but that's against a flat surface, so okay. they're still flat. Like you right. can take them and like break them oh, in yeah. half if you yeah. really want to. Like the material itself is not different. It's a cellulose acetate. It's like a plant based. Okay. Synthetic, but it's you know it's it's handmade. They're super high quality the ha- frames. Yeah, those are handmade. are handmade. Yeah, so that's the other craziest thing about them. I'm pushing them down and they're not breaking. Like, oh this yeah, is wild. Yo, you can like you could put them on the ground and stomp on them. No, right I now. don't want to. Oh, let's do it. Here, I'll okay. Do it. <laughs> Fine. Okay, you don't have to tell me twice. Are you doing it? No way. Stop. You just stomped it. This is out. a podcast first. <laughs> <laughs> they're not broken. This is amazing. Okay, listen. I am very good at breaking things, and if these survive me, I told you, they're amazing. How did you, like, say, all right, we need to make this with this, with this material? How did all of that work with that manufacturer that the guy from the store in Fremont told you about? Yeah, oh, man, it is a process, a huge process. We started out using just a... I was actually tying, I needed a cord, and I was tying my boots one day. I had a pair, like, to boot New York's. When I had a job, like a real job, I could actually have nice things. <laughs> and um, and I was tying it, and this cord was in my hand, and I was like, wait, this feels really nice. This, oh. is, this is great. Uh, this could be used for the cord. And so I, I contacted to boot, and I got them to send me a few pairs of that boot cord. And it wasn't, oh, it wasn't waterproof, so we ended up treating it with this, uh, like, cedar beeswax it was this really cool wax and that made it waterproof yeah it was a cotton cord so we did that and it worked well but then we found that after months of testing that wax kind of got tacky and the cord so what makes this adjustable is just this like a it's like a simple like single fisherman's knot Mm -hmm. it would get caught and you couldn't adjust it anymore and so that's when we realized we needed to go full poly and we had we worked with five different factories in china and just throughout asia to develop this specific cord we probably went through like over a hundred iterations. Yeah, over a hundred iterations. Yeah, it yeah. has to be. It just has to be oh super tight. Like this is a custom woven cord. Like this isn't. You can't just go to this like and buy this cord. How long did this process of trying everything out and testing things take? The cord was a long. The cord is yeah, eight, was, eight, months eight months to a year. To, yeah, and we, we went down to this port, this show, this material show in Portland. A material. Um, there's a material show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, there's a big like shoe industry presence down in Portland with Nike and yeah, Adidas just moved there, and yeah, that's just it's just a really developed ecosystem down there so there was a material show that's based on around the shoe industry and so we realized that you know someone who makes laces is probably going to be pretty good uh, to talk to about making this so uh, I drove down there and just kind of on a whim got in for free begged my way into there and then just networked with everyone I could found uh, found this Korean manufacturer who was really awesome and um, they worked with us for eight months you know on a cord which we were surprised about yeah and they they ended up nailing it i mean this thing is we're really proud of it as a female who has longer hair and i went to put it on my head and it didn't get caught in my hair like a lot of headbands or things that you do like it doesn't stick to your hair it doesn't pull your hair it was smooth like did you have females try it out too with their hair how did you guys handle all that stuff yeah, my girlfriend kind of was the like yeah. always been the biggest tester of these, and you kind of, I mean, it your hair can get stuck, so it's you just get you just kind of figure out how to use it, and it's totally totally doable. Like she doesn't get her hair cut anymore at all. Like yeah. especially with your shorter hair, you'll yeah. be fine. You just have to you know make sure that your your hair's clear as you tighten it, but it's pretty easy once you get the hang of it. Like anything new, there's a slight learning curve to wearing these. Of course, you don't just like throw them on and crank them tight. Like you have to Which find, I attempted to yeah. do when you first handed them yeah. to me. Were you like, oh, that's another <laughs> yeah, one. She's no. doing <laughs> We just made a how to wear video actually to solve Did this issue. Did you really? Yeah. But you just kind of want to have that, the frame just float on your nose and like sit there. And then you just take out the slack to where it 
you don't feel the cord. Like if you feel the cord, it's too tight on your head. Okay. And that's really it. So, you know, people put these on and they're like, oh, wow. Like I, they're feels very, like nothing's on my exactly. face. Exactly. And if you're wearing sun, I get headaches sometimes from wearing sunglasses all day because the arm or the, the nose thing is like digging in and whatever's happening. But when I put these on, I can tell it's literally like wearing nothing. Yeah, another big part of the comfort factor is the fact that we, we eliminated all stretch. So like on an elastic yeah. cord here, that's when something could more easily get stuck in your hair. And or break too, I'm assuming. And break and wear away. And we, we specifically, one of our requests with our factory was to have no stretch, no give to this cord. Were they like, wait, what? No one ever says that. Yeah. Basically. The other thing was we had to make it pretty robust and like you can't really squeeze it in your hand. Right, like okay. rigid. It's, it's rigid, yeah. and that's because like over time, if those knots tighten up, then they'll become difficult to adjust. Ah. So that rigidity allows those knots to stay more or less. Uh, they don't. They don't. They're not able to tighten up as much. So that's nice. So like two years ago, three years ago, did you guys think you would have this much knowledge about? cords <laughs> <laughs> no someone the other yesterday actually was like well you guys are the sunglass experts you tell me and we we're like uh i guess we're the sunglass experts so it's funny to realize that now that we kind of are so you just had your first because when we were emailing back and forth what was going on you had your first big shipment of something we had our first big assembly run assembly run so yeah what does that even mean oh man <laughs> so we pre-sold 2000 pieces of sunglasses through the, through the campaign and then through our pre-sale after the campaign we were planning on assembling everything in China and kind of being there supervising it. But in with, China, you guys were in China. We were yeah. planning on doing that. Oh, um, so but, we've already been in. Like we went to all our factories, and that was a huge thing. I think for anyone that's going to make anything in China and trying to sell it is like go to your factories and see what's being done. Like meet who's in charge. Smart. So yeah, you just want those relationships are crucial, pivotal moving forward because then you gain that person's trust and you gain that working relationship. And face-to-face too makes such a difference. And then they know your commitment. Everything is just super important. And so we made a a point to visit all of our factories for every single piece of the puzzle. Wow. Yeah. And it's it's been super helpful just because, I mean, we, we WhatsApp Jason, who's our face, or our factory owner, all the time. Like we might even have a, a few messages from him after this because he just checks in with us, telling us <laughs> updates, cool. what's going on. Yeah, so it's great. So you didn't go there for assembly, though. So if, due to a few unforeseen delays on our like U.S. manufacturer side, uh, we had a few components supplied through the U.S. and those were actually the ones that were most delayed. So we ended up having to, in order to save time, we ended up moving everything over to the U.S. and assembling it all by hand ourselves, which um, was a blessing and a curse. Uh, it was obviously, it took a long time. It took us like two months, so over two total months how to many, did we say? Uh, did we total 3,500. Yeah, 3,300. Yeah, 3, and, oh man, it was like, intense. Where do you do this? Because you guys have a, first of all, where do you normally work out of? Because I know that you've met some people who work here at iHeart, and they went to your location. They're like, they're just like hanging out at this cool place with this awesome view. <laughs> yeah. But is that where... All that's 3, where 000? all three thousand were no made. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, my grandma has this farm in Clyde Hill, which is just across five twenty, and uh, it's like this three acre farm. She's lived there for ninety years now. She's one hundred and two. Yeah, she used to ride her horse drawn carriage down Bellevue Way when no it was a way. dirt road. Yeah, yeah. So she has this spot, and she has this barn on the property that was a storage barn, and we kind of 
were just like, this is... We're taking this, this over, taking Grandma. We're taking this over, Grandma. <laughs> and so we moved all the stuff out of it downstairs. We're still dealing we're with still that. We're still dealing with that, but we have the whole upstairs of the barn. So you completely. you built these there? Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. So uh, we had to get like a uh, you know a specific robotic sewing machine that attaches the cord to itself. It's like a robot sewing yeah. machine that you program, and then it executes the same stitch consistently every time. So kind of reduces that human error a little bit. Now, you didn't still... think you needed that, obviously, but last minute realized you did. How did you even – did you just start Googling sewing machines? No, we knew you... we needed it. So you knew you were yeah. going to need to get We it. just thought that we would need it in China. Okay. So yeah. with this specific component, yeah, we ended up getting a sewing machine here. It's a super expensive machine. And then we had to customize our own uh, clamp that would keep the sunglasses in place and the cord in place while it was sewing around it. And that machine, it puts about 120 stitches on, into every single side of the sunglass. Yeah, That's they're good. super I mean, yeah, stable, they're super s- strong. It's wild how, like, I guess, uh, intricate just that one that, spot like, is. Yeah, that kind of artisan handmade yeah. feel was important to us and important well, to the brand. It. What did you think is your biggest issue now? Obviously, it was raising money, and then it was finding the parts and the the best pieces but now what is next like what is as a company what is your biggest issue well there's like our issues i think can be split up into short-term mid-term and long-term issues i'd say our short-term issue is getting more inventory in stock for the holidays okay um right now it's like it's obviously a super strong season to get out of here and go make some what the heck are you doing in here (laughs) we're actually waiting for some more inventory to arrive at the end of next week and then we're going to make some more and then we're going to head over to china we've got our second production run finished uh, at the end of this week and we're going to assemble another 2,500 pieces over there. And then in the beginning of January, uh, we're really trying to lock down our, our assembly in China and launch two new frame styles in cool. March and April. So right now there's one frame style. Right, one frame style, two sizes. There's like a small and a large. But I think, you know, besides that, the inventory and just getting getting that nailed down, our big thing is just getting our name out there but, and that brand awareness. But you also said... The name sometimes can be an issue for people, teaching them how to say it properly. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, name is like our brand. No, no, no. Of course. <laughs> yeah, obviously getting yeah. the brand out there. But that is, you said you wanted to do some sort of video on how to teach people how to say it? Yeah. So ombra oh, means okay. shade in Italian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we provide shade for your eyes and shade for degraded landscapes around the world through our tree planting efforts. Uh, so we've, plant, we've partnered up with uh, Eden Reforestation Projects, which is a nonprofit based actually out of our uh, college hometown, Redlands, California. Oh, that's awesome. And they partner up with indigenous communities in Madagascar, Haiti, Ethiopia, Indonesia, and Nepal to plant uh, trees on behalf of uh, on, on, on behalf of our efforts. So we give them part of, part of the proceeds from each sunglasses sold goes to that organization, and they execute the tree planting. So you have sold is this are uh, planted? It's forty two thousand trees. Is that right? Or over forty two thousand trees? Like forty six thousand now. Jeez. Yeah, 42. Uh, I haven't I haven't looked in the last couple of weeks, but yeah. That's wild. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. We actually did like, a, we had an intern do like a full carbon analysis of our components and of what is sequestered by planting 20 trees. We actually sequestered 330 times the carbon that it takes to produce and deliver a pair. Okay, so what you're saying is you're putting more out there in the environment that is better for the environment than what it is bad for the yeah, environment by like, making a new product. And that's a huge thing for us is kind of delivering that net positive impact. We use Let My People Go Surfing, which is if your uh, listeners have not read that book and yeah. they're thinking about starting a company, it's Yvonne Chouinard's kind of account of how he founded Patagonia. 
Oh. Levon Schnarr is the founder of Patagonia, and it's really awesome. It's kind of like a business unusual standpoint of, you know, how to operate and, you know, direct a company in a in a climate where, you know, it's really necessary to have these environmental initiatives and, and put the, the environment first. What made you guys say, okay, we, if we're going to do this, we have to give back? Was that something you thought of together going into it or halfway through it? You said, you know what, why don't we do this? Mm, I knew, like, I kind of always wanted to do something with these even when I was in college. And so I, for some reason, I don't even know when it came to be, but I always knew that I just wanted to plant trees for something that I, I just knew the benefits of trees and I knew like what, you know, the socio and environmental benefits Mm -hmm. could impact. And so I was like, if I ever start like launch a product, I want to offset the emissions that are caused by doing that by planting trees. Well, you did it. (laughs) It's pretty awesome. Uh, One thing I ask everyone who's been on this podcast is what app helps you with your your job or the fact that you're constantly busy other than Instagram or something that... Instagram doesn't help. It doesn't help. You're right. It helps get the, the word out. A lot of people are like, oh, I guess, use Instagram ads. Yeah. I'm like, no, oh, that does not oh, we're ta- oh, get the word out. I thought you were talking about in it terms of be, our time management. It literally could be anything. What is your go-to? Yeah, it is the absolute worst yeah, for no. time management. I don't want to talk about it. Is there something that you can give... I'll let you both give me the same app, but if you have separate ones, that would be awesome. For we, anything, just for the company... For your own sanity, is there your favorite app that you guys love? Uh, we use Trello every day as a task management system. It's like, you know, Jensen and I are both always working on a million different things and thinking about a million different things, talking to different people, and ideas just come up. So you need a good place to write them down mm. so you don't forget. And uh, we use Trello for our business to just make sure all of our ideas get logged away. And is that an app and a desktop website? Yep, like, how, what it's do you both. even? Just for ideas or what? Ideas. Is- you basically like have all these clipboards, and then you can post Ooh. ideas to these different clipboards. And it's just it's a good way to keep track of thoughts and, and you know conversations or tasks that you have to do. That's awesome. Another thing we like to use is Later, Later app. Love I don't know. If, do you use Later for your yeah. Instagram? So I do use Later, and I've talked to some people about this, and I hope Later doesn't get mad at me for saying this, but I've noticed that when I post with Later, my posts get way less engagement. And I've actually reached out to them about this. We've kind of noticed the same thing in some cases, sometimes. It's not like super consistent (laughs) every time, but we have noticed it before. But when it happens, it's bad. I'm like, that's something's wrong. I'll delete it. And I'm like, I'm reposting on my own. Interesting. I haven't haven't drawn. I mean, I could see it now looking, thinking about it. Pay attention. Because I actually emailed them. I was like, I'm convinced that Instagram is pushing your whatever your stuff down there. Like we're actually... Like we work with Instagram, like I don't. Someone better have a conversation with Instagram because something's wrong. Like I'm. Oh, someone needs to have a conversation with Instagram, right? <laughs> well, we're it, worried about Instagram. Instagram's such a crazy environment. Just seeing how it's evolved over the last like five, six, even two, three years, it's it's insane. And people listening right now who don't have a company or some sort of brand that you push out on Instagram may not know what we're talking about, but there's like this whole. I guess, panic happening in the world that we live in where people are like, I'm getting way less engagement or way less likes on my posts. And it sounds so high school or so desperate, but a lot of people use this as part of their business model now. They invest in this. They put money into this. And it's been kind of crazy lately. And is that where you guys were going with that? Or what are you worried? What do you mean you're worried about Instagram? Well, yeah, you put so much time and resources into building something up. And then, you know, one decision on mm-hmm. Facebook side to change up their algorithm, it kind of like flips your world upside down. You know, you invested a lot of time and money into it. And now you have to adjust your strategy based on 
a completely a factor that's completely out of, out of your control. So, you know, in general, we've just seen Instagram has become much more crowded with with just ads and other brands and stuff. So you really have to work really hard to to stand out and be special. I think, yeah, it's also just makes you realize how vulnerable and volatile it is, like what happened with Snapchat. Yeah. Uh, just it, Snapchat just dropped off because they, they made it, like it just got infiltrated with ads and that's kind of what's happening in Instagram. Same thing with happened with Facebook. It was Ooh. At first it was just like you connect with your friends and you see what they're doing and then it just kind of evolved into this place where brands and, and ads were just inundating your social feed and so people like transitioned to Instagram and the same thing's happening with Instagram. And I think that's just a big turnoff for like the everyday user, people who are just have their personal accounts. And now you're just you're trying to watch stories and there's ads playing between yep. the stories of your friends. And you're just like, what is this? Well, it's a it definitely is a great tool if you can use it the right way and, and you do benefit from it. But I did have a friend say to me, Instagram could just fold tomorrow. Yeah. And then what do you have? And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. And she said, you have you own nothing. You own none of those names. None of it. You have to get emails for a newsletter because then that's yours and I never thought about that so that is my my latest hunt is okay how do I take you and put you in my own space Mm -hmm. where it's my website it's my and you guys obviously have your own website you can do all that but that's something for anyone listening whether you're about to start a company or you're in the middle of it make sure you are in a place where it's something you own and not another company for sure. Going back to the apps, I think yeah. MailChimp then. Oh, that's, yes. That's one of our favorites, as well as Shopify, obviously. A lot of people say Shopify, but MailChimp I just started using for newsletters. And at first I was like, I'm so, I feel, I'm lost. I feel like I'm lost. But it's actually very easy to create a newsletter. It's what uh, the first one we sent out was announcing our morning show. And it was super easy. It was a really great way to connect with people if you don't send a newsletter every day people won't hate you and you'll be great if you do it the right way if you send it every day they'll hate you that's what i mean yeah don't send you'll be unsubscribe every single day but no it's it's so smart to make that connection with people in that way that's not instagram we're like you're kind of going to them and they purposely signed up to learn more from you and you're not just like bombarding them on instagram or with ads or whatever it may be i'm with you guys no one's really like talked about it on this podcast about how it yeah. can all go away one well, day. Well, it's it's scary. It's yeah, a, yeah you don't want to like you don't want to jinx it, right? It's funny. We just got booted off of Mailchimp today, the free version, because we actually have gotten we've like acquired too many addresses through. But that's this. a good problem. Yeah. No, to it's have. a good problem. Yeah, to have. yeah. 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 We're not mad. We food. now have to pay. <laughs> yeah. But that number is insane, right? It's, it's not, two thousand. Yeah, it's not oh. that many. Yeah. It is. A thousand. It was like twenty thousand. No, it's like a thousand, and then you have to pay like thirty bucks a month, which okay. isn't bad. I mean, I, I mean, think that's the one thing we've been like. We're a two man team, so we're wearing so many hats all the time. Yeah. So we've just been trying to find apps and technology that's going to help automate our job and some of those tasks that we we have to do just every day. You know. So that's been that's been a huge yeah. That's push actually for us. on our Trello to do list is kind of find these like little automations that you can get for Gmail and stuff like that mm-hmm. that just make managing your inbox so much easier. Do you guys think you will grow and add people to the team, or is that oh, not in the future? No, definitely, it definitely. Yeah, is. yeah, if we if we don't, then we're yeah, Homer's, Homer's fails. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna hurt a lot if we yeah. don't. But yeah. I mean, we're still we're still a bit away from from adding an employee. We're kind interns. of like, we're kind of, <laughs> interns. Yeah, interns. We're big on interns. We actually work with uh, Husky Creative, which is this team of designers from UW. That's cool. And like web developers and marketers. And they, it's free. They work with us for the whole year. We worked with them last year too. They did an awesome job. And they're awesome. They helped yeah, us with they're their really website. smart, sharp kids. They're really driven. And then we, you know, give them letters of rec and 
help them like build out their LinkedIn and well, stuff it's like awesome, that. Because they can show hands-on experience. Yeah, of, they of build out done. their portfolios. Yeah, it's awesome. Do you know like where right now could you tell people how to get in touch with that program? Yeah. Google like, Husky Creative just, and you should be able to find them. Yeah. Okay, cool. Husky and Creative. And also, if not, if you can't find them, reach out to us. Go to ombris.com and shoot us a, a, a contact uh, message and uh, we'll connect you with them. That's really awesome. Yeah, you guys have done a great job, it seems like, at finding other ways to... You're giving back really while doing that because kids, college kids, are learning hands-on experience, but you're also finding ways to help build your own company. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's all about like leveraging yeah. you know, different people and figuring out how it can be mutually beneficial without the exchange of money because money's what no one has <laughs> right. at the mutual point. scarcity. <laughs> yeah. We talked about this today. I was like, we live in a world where we're all bragging about how much money we don't have. Like, it, it's true. It's like, I'm poor, so I'm going to sit home and watch Netflix that I'm sharing with 30 other friends. So have fun, everybody. But <laughs> yeah, you're right. I still use my uh, my friend's mom's uh, HBO Go account. <laughs> so oh, thank yeah. you, I use thank my you, friend's mom's <laughs> HBO Go account, too. Oh, don't shout them out. Don't tell them. They may take <laughs> it away from you. We don't don't want to say that stuff. So you're going to offer 15% off to podcast listeners. It's code Carla Marie. It's Ombra Sunglasses on Instagram. Check them out before Instagram disappears one day. And it's ombras.com, O-M-B-R-A-Z. Did I say it right? You did it. You nailed it. <laughs> Killed it. <laughs> I hate you guys. You're going to make fun of me. I know it. Chenton, Nikolai, thank you very much for coming in today. I appreciate it. Thank Thanks you for having, for having us. us. It was awesome. Thanks for being here for another episode of Side Hustlers. Don't forget, rate, review, follow, do all the things for this podcast. I appreciate you. Hope to see you at a lair this Friday, December 7th, 7 to 9 p.m. And don't forget, check out the Side Hustlers gift guide at thecarlamarie.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. 
If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.